0: Welcome to the Poem of the Week. Each week, our poems are intended to help you practice the best, most current medicine by alerting you to studies that could change your practice. As usual, our host this week is National Public Radio's Dr. Michael Wilkes and Essential Evidence Senior Editor Dr. Mark Abel. Gentlemen. Hello, Mark. Hello, Mike. We've got a a good poem today. It's a great sort of advertisement for why... Uh, poems. Uh, patient-oriented evidence that matters are so important. You know, in, in primary care, we spend a lot of face time talking about preventing coronary artery disease. Uh, part of that, or maybe a, a fair amount of that, is addressing lipid problems. Lipid impacting drugs include several classes, including statins and cholesterol absorbing inhibitors, fibric acid derivatives, bile acid sequestrants. The Uh, so-called PCSK9 uh, inhibitors, nicotinic acid, the list goes on and on. These drugs all differ uh, a bit with respect to their mechanism of action and also how much they can actually lower lipids. For most people, uh, a statin is the first line of therapy. Other lipid-lowering drugs uh, can be used to either increase effectiveness or decrease LDL levels or sometimes when statins can't be used. You found a poem. It looks at a particular inhibitor um, called uh, bempidoic acid. It's an inhibitor of an enzyme, which is a target of statins in the cholesterol biosynthesis pathway. Bempidoic acid needs to be activated first in the liver, and studies show that it can reduce LDL and cholesterol uh, around 25%. Bempidoic acid may be used in statin-intolerant patients who Require sort of moderate lipid lowering, but there are some side effects that we need to be careful of, including uh, serum uh, creatinine elevations, uric acid elevations, uh, perhaps some problems with uh, transaminases, and all of these things just need to be carefully monitored. So remember, though, that LDL and cholesterol are only surrogate endpoints. So the question is, what impact does benpedoic acid have on patient-oriented cardiovascular endpoints. The poem you have comes from the New England Journal of Medicine. It starts 2023. It starts on page 1353. It answers the question, does bempedoic acid reduce the likelihood of cardiovascular events in high-risk patients who have hyperlipidemia?
1: Mark. Yeah, this was an interesting study because they enrolled both people 9,700 patients with previous cardiovascular events, so that's secondary prevention, and about 4,200 who were just at increased risk, who hadn't had their heart attack or stroke yet, and so it's a primary, secondary, mixed kind of trial. They all had to be statin intolerant, and that's for ethical reasons. We know statins are helpful. Uh, for the right patients in terms of preventing cardiovascular events. So they had, had to certify that, yeah, sorry, I just can't take a statin. Uh, so they also did a run-in period, which tends to bias in favor of the drug because all the patients that ended up in the study had to prove that they could take a pill every day and it was that they could tolerate a placebo. It wasn't an active, it was a passive run-in, but still that's going to find more adherent patients who tend to have better outcomes um, after six months, anybody whose cholesterol had increased was counseled about diet, and they could use other cholesterol-lowering drugs, could be adjusted if um, they, they, particularly in the placebo group, had an increase in LDL. Uh, The groups were pretty similar at baseline. Average age was 65 years, half were women, and they started out with an average LDL of around 139 milligrams per deciliter. Um, As I said, about 70 percent had a prior MI and about 30 percent were high risk, Uh, quite a few had diabetes. Um, Patients who tolerated a really low daily dose of a statin were allowed in the trial. That was about 20% of folks. So, the primary outcome was a composite of cardiovascular death, non-fatal stroke, non-fatal MI, and revascularization. So, not a terrible composite. They followed them for a median of 41 months, so about three and a half years, Um, the composite outcome, any one of those bad things, was less likely in the bempedoic acid group. Uh, the absolute difference was, uh, let's see, about one point six percent. So the number needed to treat was sixty-two over three and a half years. Now this was driven primarily by significant reductions in both fatal and non-fatal MI and coronary revascularization. There was no difference in cardiovascular or all-cause mortality. So that's one important caveat is that it was mainly driven by less revascularization and less MIs. Um, I thought it was interesting. Normally, um, you tend to think of primary prevention, this being less beneficial. In fact, the hazard ratio was more favorable for the composite in the primary prevention population. The hazard ratio was 0.68. Confidence interval around that was 0.53 to 0.87. For the secondary prevention, those folks who'd already had a heart attack, their hazard ratio was 0.91 and was not quite statistically significant. So it seemed to be more helpful in the primary prevention group. No difference between groups in myalgias. Uh, premature discontinuation was pretty high in both groups. So these are people who said, I can't take this pill anymore, Whether, but it was 30% in the placebo group and 30% in the bambidoic acid group. Like I said, that's high, but This is a population that seems maybe to be a little more intolerant of taking medications than than other folks. So bottom line, venpidoic acid uh, does reduce non-fatal MI and the need for coronary revascularization, doesn't change mortality. In the primary prevention group, an NNT to prevent one event was just over 40 for three and a half years.
0: I think they... Uh, Deserves some praise for having uh, half of their population, or just about half the population, be women. That wouldn't have been true uh, a decade or two ago. The number needed to treat of 62 is, um, you know, is is nice, but it's not uh, re- remarkable. I just struck mark with the, this 30 percent dropout rate. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. I guess if with the active, uh, you know, chemical, that 30 percent might have dropped out. But as you said, 30 percent in the placebo that seems pretty high did they say why the people were dropping out
1: well they didn't but i mean i think that again that if you look at the original statin trials the dropouts due to myalgias and due to intolerance and all that are very low they're actually quite low and there has there is this you know strongly held belief and i'm not i'm not saying it doesn't happen we do know that statins can cause myalgias but i think sometimes knowing that when someone develops myalgias, they t- may be more likely to blame it on the statin than if they didn't know that the statins did that. The rates are much higher in the general population and a typical primary care practice than in the original trials before anyone in the trial knew that they might cause myalgias. And, you know, let's face it, it's a group of people that look a lot like us that tend to be achy when we get out of bed, right? And right. so, you know, it's it certainly... um uh maybe explainable. And this is a particularly selected group because they're the ones who said, I can't take a statin because it makes me, you know, achy or whatever. So right. Um, right. maybe that explains it. But yeah, I, I agree. It's kind of high. I just checked. It's a Nexlatol is the trade name. And it is available. It's, of course, about $400 a month. So it's right. nice to have an alternative to statins. Um, it's expensive. It's maybe not quite as effective as statins. Um, but the plus side is it does seem to be uh, if it's effective for anybody, it's the primary prevention folks that we tend to deal with.
0: One more quick question. It does seem in in reading about it that, uh, as I said, there were some biochemical things we need to watch for, the uric acid and uh, transaminases and things, but those tend to be silent, right? A patient wouldn't drop out because of a, an elevated uric acid level. I mean, perhaps if they have stones, but it, this wasn't stones. It was just your. No, account. no,
1: it wasn't. It wasn't due to adverse events. The, the yeah, so it's just okay. The vast majority of the dropouts It was just I'm not going to yep. do this.
0: So uh, I guess the bottom line uh, for me is: uh, is there anything given that this is a $400 drug? Uh, if someone and is intolerant to statins, there are, as I said, a number of different alternatives. Is this should this move up to number two?
1: Not necessarily. I mean, there's acetamide. Um We do have the PCSK9 inhibitors that are also quite expensive, you know, maybe even more expensive. Um, you know, I think that we'll have to see what how the guidelines uh, slot these into the um, to the array of options.
0: Nice discussion, Mark. Thanks for clarifying. We'll talk with you again in a week. Sounds good. Well, that's this week's poem. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to read this and other recent poems, please go to www.essentialevidence.com. And please join us again next week for another medical poem.